my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 126, Job Reinvented Show. Self-Compassion Strategies in Workforce with L.J. Marberg, CEO of Compassionate News. So I'm going to welcome L.J. Marberg to this show. He, she is CEO of Compassionate Muse and founder of comuse.org. Welcome to my show, L.J. Pantea, thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, um, tell me about yourself first. Yeah. So how did you end up to doing uh, what you're doing right now? <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting story. Um, so I have been working in the music industry and the music tech space for a total of 26 years this year. Um, I started off as a performer myself. I was a Brazilian jazz vocalist. Wow. And a uh, professional ballroom dancer. And so lots of performing, a little bit of touring with my dancing and um, got into a space in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was the dot com boom at the time. And a lot of dot com businesses in Silicon Valley were really interested in having live music and ballroom dancing classes on their campuses. And so I ended up forming a contracting company and representing both dancers and musicians and formalized a booking agency later on, a little boutique book, booking agency out in Berkeley, California, representing artists and um, working um, sometimes in, in the school systems to provide dance and music. Uh, the public school systems, and just really interesting and fun work. Um, so I was, I've always um, positioned myself as an artist in a business suit. Uh, I've sort of lived a hybrid life. And um, as I moved further into my career, uh, I had the opportunity to work with big tech companies like Ticketmaster and Eventbrite. Um, patron technology, Indiegogo, the crowdfunding company to help lead, lead the charge um, on the music business side. And uh, just incredible experiences along the way, both on the live side and, and, and the tech side, about 50-50, so 13 years um, live and performance and, and 13 years in tech. And what I noticed is there was a common thread um, that no matter how wonderful or how challenging the business was, and I worked in, the common thread was, um, so I, um, I really focused on relationships. I, I'm fiercely curious about how people serve one another. It is the service business. And um, although some of the tech music tech companies I've worked for are product service business based, but um, primarily it's always come back to people and how they treat one another, um, 
both internally and within the workplace and also externally towards clients and customers. And um, I've always had an interest for integrity and practices like compassion, because I also have an over 20 year background as a Zen meditation practitioner. Uh, so I have a daily morning practice uh, for over 20 years. And um, it's just a very interesting sort of juxtaposition of Zen calm um, and music entertainment, which is very exciting and um, dramatic sometimes. Um, so that brings us to Compassionate Muse, uh, which is a company that I started a few years ago in 2017, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, where I was I was trying to figure out how to marry my passion with all my years of work experience and uh, my core values, um, who I deeply feel I am as a person, and how to line all of that up together. If I could marry that, what would it look like? And that's compassionate muse. Wow. Yeah. So what do you do right now in this COVID situation? I know there is no workplace in in most cases, especially (laughs) music industry, right? That's right. There's no live concert, you know. It's been really, really hard on our industry, um, to say the least. That's an understatement. Uh, Many of my friends... On the live side, uh, their businesses have been completely crushed, which is um, heartbreaking and um, devastating for so many people I know. Um, currently, I am working in, in the Compassionate Muse side. I'm working as an executive coach, a business and career development coach. I'm a certified business coach. Um, and also a human first approach consultant for organizations that are looking to infuse their um, ethos with more compassion. Um, right now, we all desperately need more, and uh, both on an individual level, at the organizational level, and the industry as a whole. And so I'm helping people shift and pivot um, as needed on all of those levels. Uh, it's really exciting and challenging work. Um, a lot of research goes into this, a lot of shadowing and interviewing as we do as consultants, um, but also just a lot of one-on-one in conversation, um, trying to understand how deep uh, we are stuck Um, and all the pain and suffering that we're enduring right now and what it could look like to move into a future that not only uh, alleviates some of this suffering, but looks different from the industry we used to know, the traditional music industry and music and tech industry, which um, hasn't historically had a lot of compassion in it. So... Uh, there's a really great opportunity now to have new conversations. And I think there's a lot of excitement about that. So what I don't understand right now, what what, what was the difference between the traditional <laughs> music workplace and now with compassionate muse? Yeah, I love that question. Thank you for asking it. Um, <laughs> 
you know, the traditional music industry uh, was it's it, it's sort of phasing out now because the baby boomer uh, generation is age naturally aging out of the business at this point. It was predominantly run by white men um, and much older white men for a very long time. Um, Decisions that were being made were fear-based. So a lot of, um, if you don't do this job, there's a million people behind you in line to take your job at any moment. And that's both on the artistry side, you know, if you can't hack it as an artist, and perform and go on, you know, 30 dates uh, on tour um, or more um, across the U.S. Uh, it, you know, there are quite literally millions of other artists that are waiting for that opportunity. And so it was very, it's very oppressive to come up in um, that tradition um, as a woman who has worked in the space for 26 years, when I first got started, I was one of just a handful of women who were booking agents um, representing artists. Um, it was predominantly a male space and still is today. Mm -hmm. uh, many more women in the space now, but it was really just a handful back then um, in the late 90s uh, when I got my start. And you know, I can say that one of the reasons that my name is LJ is because um, Leah Joy was telling that I was a woman. And in order to get people to get back to me and book my bands, I disguised my name. And um, I would have an email with LJ in the email and my signature was LJ. And so uh, back when, you know, Yahoo was newer and um, and instead of no one would call me back. So instead of doing all the phone calls, I would just email and they would always get back to me. And when I finally would advance these live shows on on the phone, once we confirmed the tour dates and the concerts, I would get responses like, oh, wow, I didn't know you were a woman. Wow, you're so professional. Wow. And you know, I, I didn't know, know these days in this modern world. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. So I've, I've kind of hung on to LJ as a badge of courage, um, but also for the, the story of it. It's um, it reminds me every day um, that it is important to persevere, especially if you have a vision. Um, and I've always had vision. I can say that for sure. I've always had vision about how to move forward and how to serve people. And don't get me wrong. I mess up. I've messed up plenty and I still mess up every single day. But um, I do try very hard to practice what I preach and give myself grace, practice self-compassion which I know is the subject of our talk today. And, and I believe that that holds a lot of ripple effects outward to my clientele and how they interact with each other and, um, and their customer base. So, you know, in, in such environment that you cannot change the environment, it's better you change yourself. 
and then changing yourself impact other people's behavior because as uh, as they see that you are doing a great job and you are professional then they they will be there and then uh, they introduce you to other people and that's what happened absolutely hard work and and your actions vision as you said it's it really is um it it speaks very loudly there's a lot of talk in the entertainment industry and not a lot of walk so if you can follow through and you have integrity uh you know, you can make amazing headway in this business. And I'm sure I, although I've only worked in the music and tech industries in my career, I'm sure that that's applicable to pretty much any industry, anywhere that there's people. LJ, I have a lot of questions from you. Let's yeah. just have a few second break and come back. Sounds good. Please subscribe to Panta Karho Transition Channel and order my book Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams. All right, tell me three tips that you can be successful in entrepreneurship life. Uh, three tips for entrepreneurship. That's great. Well, I think that the very first tip, uh, and I would coach all of my clients in this way as well, um, the very first place to start is to figure out what your core values are. I know I mentioned that a little bit earlier on in the session. Your core values are your your whole foundation. It's what you, it's your true belief system from your core. It's very intrinsic. So it's not the outside world telling you what they think you should be. It's you feeling your way through it from the inside out. Um, I often tell clients like, what are some values that you hold near and dear that even under the greatest amounts of stress, you wouldn't give up for anything? Um, so for my, for me, for example, my core values have defined my business. Um, I'm a solopreneur, although I, I just hired an assistant. Yay. I'm so excited. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it really is my core value. My personal core values are very much in line with my business and those are, um, worthiness, creativity, um, integrity, love, mediation, intuition, and compassion. Um, they intentionally, I've intentionally designed this to line up with the seven chakras. So seven chakras being self-compassion and the seven continents in the world being global compassion. And, um, I have my logo for my business is a Venn diagram of three circles, which makes seven parts. So it's all very interconnected and you know, when you finally land on what your core values are, and it it can be just a couple or it could be a long list. Um, but when you finally find them, when you get into situations where you feel stuck or you feel scared, you feel overwhelmed, or maybe you're at like a crossroads and you're not really sure which direction to move forward in, if you can tap into your core values, 
you will have your answer. And it's so powerful. Yeah. I really want to add something to as an example for my own business. Because, you know, I believe if you stick to what you believe and you don't don't downgrade yourself, Mm. then you can grow your business. Let's say for my shows and podcasts, before interview, I always have a little chat to see if we are aligned or not, right? So usually um, we we have this little chat and I always go through a bunch of questions as you already filled. Right. And everybody says, oh, it's too much question. But, you know, that show me the values of this person and see if it's a good fit for my show or not. So that's why you can add value to your own business because you stick to those values. But if you, for some reasons, you don't care about these values or you just choose whatever you want or whatever other people suggest you, then you don't feel right. Yeah, that's such an interesting point. And I love your example of vetting people out beforehand um, to make sure that they align with your your business vision. And uh, it's, it's such a great core value because it shows a sign of respect to you, that you respect your business enough to be asking these questions. And it also, I think, shows shows a sign of respect to the person you're asking questions to because you're giving them an opportunity to do a deep dive and really share more of their vision. I think that's a tremendous exercise and I love it. I'm actually, I'm thinking about ways to do more of that in my business. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity. Um, What's the second tip? Yeah. So the second tip is probably to have a sense of humor. (laughs) Oh, I like that. <laughs> um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we tend to um, over-identify with uh, what we do with who we are. And so um, often, and, and that's probably because when we're entrepreneurs, all we do is work. <laughs> um, but the issue with that is, is that if that work goes away, we're telling ourselves, We've just gone away. And that's not the case because when you really take a step back and you look at things in a broader perspective, what we do for a living, even if it's an entrepreneurship and we're working a lot and we're really passionate about it, it's an extension of who we are, but we have lots of extensions of who we are. We are so much more than what we do for a living. And so I think as entrepreneurs, in order to set us ourselves up for success is to remember that the job is going to ebb and flow. It's a roller coaster, baby. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's just really important to go, okay, today's kind of a crappy day, but I have all these other things about me that I enjoy, that I like. Um, you know, maybe I have hobbies, maybe I enjoy a nice walk, maybe I enjoy talking to family, maybe I enjoy 
taking a dance class, whatever it is, there are other things about me. If I dig really deep that I, that are, have nothing to do with my work and that can help me sort of ride the waves, ride the roller coaster when things get really tough. And I would also tie back into core values. When things get really tough, if you can remember your core values, it will help you remember why you're doing this thing in the first place. You know what I'm doing? If I have a bad experience one day, I, I just try to visualize myself in future and I said, okay, this is going to pass. Yes. And then this is going to pass. And then in future, I'm sitting and laughing to what whatever I was crying for it. <laughs> I love I it. I usually no. don't, I'm not saying don't care. I try to take a lesson. And I said, okay, I learned some lesson. Because sometimes getting the lesson is, uh, I mean, you have to pay the price. There's you don't experience it, you know, you never take that lesson. A hundred percent. Learning is everything. If you don't fail, you'll never grow. You have to fail forward. You have to learn. Um, you know, if we went in knowing everything that we knew, we wouldn't even need to start a business. We'd already be there already. You know, I mean, what, there's no journey in that. There's no, um, experience in that. So enjoy the experience. And I love that you are big picture because the, the big picture vision, it helps you again, you know, it, your, your sights are set high and, you can tell I'm a dancer. I'm like moving all around. Your sights are set high. And so for that reason, you know, you can better ride um, all the ups and downs. It helps you let go of the harder days uh, because you remember uh, that's the vision, right? So. so maybe that's a tip number three. Remember your vision. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. And laugh a lot. Do laugh a lot. You know, um, belly aching laugh where you're crying, you know, where it's so funny. You're like, you're, it's side splitting funny. Like I try to laugh every day. It's so good for your health. It's so good for your mental health. And, um, it's those sorts of laughs. They create memories that stay with you. It's really important. So probably we have to create something called laugh tropy. <laughs> yes. Well, there's, there's laughing yoga, which is amazing. Really? I didn't know that. It's, okay. it's great. Yeah. 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 You have to check it out. So LJ, what is your experience as, as a dancer? Oh, dancing is my yeah. love. So um, I danced from the time I was three until I was 33. <laughs> And um, that's a long, that's a long time to dance. Uh, you know, I was classically trained ballet dancer, but didn't have the body type to become professional. And so I got into Latin ballroom dancing professionally instead. Um, but I also got into Israeli folk dancing and samba, salsa, hip hop. I did a lot of hip hop. I had a, I was choreographed for a hip hop dance troupe uh, for a while. Um, I lived in Zimbabwe for a while and I came back and taught Zimbabwe dance, Zimbabwean dance and music. 
um, a just very curious and um, just have a love for movement and music. Um, and what, you know, how it brings people together. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with the show Barefoot, but there is a, or Bare Feet, excuse me, on public television, there's a woman named Michaela Melozzi that does an incredible like dance anthropological show where she goes to different countries and different places throughout the United States and learns different types of dance. And then there's performances and crowds of people come together. It's beautiful, yeah. Um, so what, what do you need as a ballerian uh, as a requirement? For ballet? Yes. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's a pretty strict art. Um, if you're going to be professional, uh, you know, there's some, there's some height and weight considerations depending on the company that you dance for. Although a lot of those traditions are changing and much more accepting of different types of bodies, which is wonderful. Um, but it's grueling on the body in general, uh, regardless of what you look like. Um, you know, dancing, ballet, it, it becomes a lifestyle. Um, classes are daily, if not almost daily. Um, there's a lot of exercises and stretches and a lot of sweating and a lot of blood and a lot of tears and a lot of wrapping bandages on different parts of your body, um, especially your feet. And, um, but it's an incredible uh, experience in discipline, um, in taking something and making it the most beautiful version of itself and in alignment with other people trying to do the same thing. Uh, yeah, it's quite, it's quite profound. And I've known many dancers in my life from different parts of my dance career. And they're just an incredible group of people. They're highly intelligent, um, highly emotionally intelligent, um, very spatially aware, um, great at reading body language, um, communicating without words. It's a real skill set and super applicable to business, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, I always loved ballerian. <clears throat> it's good to, you know, it's easier to watch than dance. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's really, really true. <laughs> yeah, because it creates such a beautiful thing, especially when the, they dance together and create a scene. But I know I, I watch a lot of movies and I see how they actually practice. And as you see, that should be a lifestyle and sh that should be a passion. Other than that, you give up very easily. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's a lot of work, and and there's uh, Pente. You're in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of adult ballet classes. You know, just for fun. I mean, not right now. You probably could take them online, but when things reopen, there's a lot of adult ballet classes in the cities that people can sign up for and take and you don't have to be a serious dancer and you don't have to look like a ballet dancer but you can have fun dancing ballet and um 
you know, I recently left New York and I'm living in Ohio now with my husband. Um, but, you know, New York was like the capital of a lot of ballet and um, <clears throat> occasionally to class, just fun. I recommend it. It's, it's amazing. And you, you don't necessarily, there are classes out there where you need no experience at all. So it's just a matter you of doing. Yeah. LJ, that's interesting. First of all, when I wanted to start my uh, violin, mm. I was over 30 of age. And then everybody said, it's so difficult. You cannot start. I said, you can start any ages. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You, know, you don't need to play in orchestra or and right. you don't need. But that was interesting. After five years, they asked me to come uh, and play and have a performance. And I, I played, uh, and it was a incredible <laughs> experience. But that's what I'm saying. You don't need to, you, you know, go to university for it or have, like, academic <laughs> education. In this modern world, you can learn whatever you want, <laughs> and you can be certified in whatever you want without having the university degrees. It's true. You know, but, you know, when I started, because before that age, I even couldn't read the notes. Music notes for me was something very strange. It's a different <laughs> so, language. Yeah, I have to learn it. Yeah, after I started, uh, like, I entered a very new world, and I really enjoyed it because your your perspective going to be changed, your emotion. It, it's in very deep level because it can touch your emotion. You can create even something from your own, like uh, creating a poem because uh, I write poem as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of creation and it's so enjoyable. Uh, even dancing because you can create such beautiful thing with, uh, with harmony harmony with the music so it's kind of you can actually harmonize with the frequency of the rhythm i love that and it's it's <laughs> so true it's so true you know, i love working with creatives and you know most of us if we give ourselves permission to be creative most of us are creative we we can all create something from nothing uh if we give ourselves the space to, you know, just be and just try things without attaching it to an expectation or an outcome, you know, just do it for the sake of doing it and enjoy the doing of it. And the no. fact, you know, and I love that you started violin after 30. I think that's wonderful. And uh, it's such a beautiful instrument. Good for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I like what you said about the creation in my book, Naturally Conceived, one part of my book is about creation because if you let the creation happening in your real life, mm -hmm. it's going to be happening inside your body. So you start creating your own baby. But when you block yourself um, and don't just uh, try to be away from whatever you love and don't have courage 
to just express yourself in real world with, with the creation, then you block your body to create something great. Beautiful. I love that so much. And it's, it's a hundred percent true. That resonates with me in the highest order. Yes. All right. Thank you. I really loved our discussion. Maybe we can continue this about the music because no, uh, it's been a few weeks um, talking about art, music, and uh, not only in my job reinvented show, in PTSD self-healing show, because I think music helps a lot of people recover from their trauma and even their um, have a very powerful healing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In their own uh, journey of healing. <clears throat> If you have any experience uh, about healing and music, you can just r- tell about tell tell me about it right now. Oh, wonderful! Well, I think my greatest experience with healing and music is in a style of moving meditation that I founded. Devil uh, dance, and actually. Um, I cut out. Am I still here? Can you see me, hear me? Okay. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, it called Zenful Dance, and it was a passion project um, to see. I, cr- I wanted to create an opportunity to bring together the idea of Anapanasati breathing and movement. Um, so Anapanasati is a type of... Um, meditation practice in Zen, uh, where it's it otherwise referred to as breath watching. So you're in a seated position in Zazen, and you are watching your breath come and go with natural breath without controlling it in any way, you're just watching it. And what it would look like if we could take the breath and make it the music for the movement. And so I created four basic movements that people could do um, by themselves, alone, uh, together with a partner, and together in a group, um, using the breath as the music for the dance. And wow, that's amazing. It was it. It, it, it incredible. It's an incredible practice. Um, uh, if you're interested in learning more about it, um, yes. my, work, my work's published in a, a book um, called Dancing with Dharma. And uh, it's a text um, on, I think it's, oh my gosh, I can't remember the publisher's name right now. I'm sorry. Um, I am a contributor to an anthology, uh, one of, I think, 12 contributors on movement and dance and Buddhism in the West. And uh, it's a beautiful book, but it, um, it explains more in detail what Zenful Dance is and how it came to be. And also there's another chapter that I did on how to actually practice it. Um, the um, editor is Harrison Blum is his name, B-L-U-M, Harrison Blum. And it's available on Amazon, I know. Um, but it's it really is, it's a beautiful um, practice because sometimes we think that we need to listen to music outside of ourselves in order to heal. But our music, as long as we're alive, our breath is our own music. And 
if we could just pay attention to that and this taps into self-compassion, it builds a level of self-awareness, um, very strong level of self-awareness to be able to carry ourselves through challenging days and challenging times. Beautiful. You know, recently I've heard a music mm. uh, com combined with heartbeat. Beautiful. That was just amazing with the... It was like a, I don't know if you ever listen to classic Persian music. I, yes, I love Persian music because I, yes. used to, I forgot to tell you, I also used to belly dance. <laughs> oh, really? No, we don't have belly dance. We are not Indian, but we have our dance. Beautiful. Different. And uh, the music is also different. Beautiful. Yeah, and uh, we have the violin itself has a different uh, setup. When you you have to change, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, tune. We have to change the tune. Change the tune, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you wanna play the music with the Persian music. Okay, interesting. Yes, and yeah, uh, yeah and we have some other um, instruments which you don't have in. Uh, like your culture. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Um, so uh, my only exposure to classical Persian music was through um, this tribal belly dance fusion group um, that used a lot of different music, introduced a lot of different types of music into the dance um, from you know, from India all the way up into Russia, sort of yeah. the Rom Romani trail it followed. And, um, and it, it was very, uh, I remember it being very beautiful and very uh, almost whimsical to my ear. Um, uh, I, I love it. And, and instrumental, I don't remember hearing song or voices, but that, Yeah. yeah you've been disconnected for like a few seconds but that's why <laughs> okay okay i'm so sorry i'm yeah, so sorry no so that's your facebook compassionate muse and that's your website commuse.org commuse.org that's our that's our global community and uh right now we're taking people on the wait list and we're messaging people when enrollment opens back up but i'm really excited for this year for commuse.org we're launching some really great programming so beautiful all of yeah. them are mutual or you have classes um, it's going to be uh, both so we have uh, two member areas the, the first member area will be access to uh, pre-recorded um, videos, articles, um, networking, compassionate network, net networking with other people in music and tech that are interested in compassion-based work um, and, and interested in working for compassionate organizations. Um, and then the other member area will be live coaching with me. And also I'll be bringing in experts um, each month to do Q and A's. So really excited wow. about that. Yeah, yeah. so exciting. Thank you so much for being here, being part of this show and hopefully see you with lots of great work in near future.
I appreciate it so much, Pantea. All the success to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Please subscribe to Pantea Calhoun Transition Channel and order my book, Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams.